Welcome to Sing Sing, where I'm drinking Ying Ling Light Lager. Welcome to Boozy Bracketology, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris, and I am going to be your host for the foreseeable future as we continue our dive into identifying the best Broadway musical of all time. And being that, as I was telling our, our panelists earlier today, that this is the section of the bracket where Chris gets really opinionated because he is a big fan of a lot of these musicals here. There are wrong answers, and I'm going to need a drink. So I've got myself a yingling light. Let's go around. Let's meet our audience. We're going to start off all the way over in Huntsville, Alabama. Nikki, how you doing? What you drinking? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, coming off of a weekend of some good March Madness basketball. Yep. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, tonight, though, I'm pretty boring. I just have a LaCroix sparkling water. But here, it's, it makes a lovely sound, though. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but a little rant, though. Why is it so hard to find non-flavored sparkling waters? Like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like, everything is flavored. Nothing is not flavored. Just so you know. It's hard to find. Is San Pellegrino not... Um... I don't like San Pellegrino. Well, I used to. I don't like them as much. I don't know. Like these are good. The Lacroix are good. I can never find my Topo Chicos anymore. They they've just like discontinued them. I guess because I don't know. Maybe I I don't think Alabama cares. But. I could swear I just saw Topo Chico in Publix. <laughs> well, I'm but they don't have them here. They don't. I don't. So, and I'm lazy sometimes. I don't feel like driving over the mountain to like, you know, <laughs> to find something. So. Over the mountain. There's mountains well, in Huntsville. We I, live, didn't know that. We, I live on the other side of the mountain where apparently we don't get deliveries of non-flavored water. Rant over. <laughs> uh, Nikki had herself a really good weekend with a really lousy finish. Um, Duke won both football basketball games. Duke does win football games. Chris, what are you talking I was like, about? That'd be funny. <laughs> Duke won yeah, both Duke, basketball Duke, games. Duke Carolina. So I mean, I know when this when this airs, it's probably gonna you know have gone either way, but. <laughs> We're hopeful that it's going to go Duke's way at this point in time. I can get on board with that. I don't. I don't personally care for Carolina. Um, I've only experienced their football fans, but I'm sure their basketball fans are just as rude. Um, <laughs> but Nikki, uh, you had a rough night last night. A rough night last night. Not as rough as your husband's going to have, but you. Oh, that is right. Yep, we did have a rough night. You did because you're. I think this is my fourth or fifth time winning the Oscar champion. Yep. Chris has kicked my butt like for the last four years in a row, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, he's really like, good at picking Oscar I'm about, to, I'm winners. about to get all like Will Smith up in here and just get upset because <laughs> it was just, I don't like that you won. <laughs> well, Mike and I had a beer bet to go along with it, which means that for the, uh, the game show, best game show bracket, which is going to be following this, so the month of, oh gosh, I don't even know, June will be the best game show bracket. Uh, and that entire month's worth of recordings, I get to pick the beer that Mike drinks. And it is going to be terrible. I am so looking forward to it. That'll be, I'm going to, I'll make sure it's good and like warm for him too. It'll be fun. Oh. <laughs> you have to make sure that it can get shipped over the mountain to Huntsville though. Oh, believe me. The beers I'm going to choose, the beers I'm going to choose will be available in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> Nikki, I'm glad that you're here. Let's go out to Fort Worth, Texas. Steven, my friend, how you doing and what you drinking? I'm doing fantastic. I'm going to crack open a 7-Up Zero Sugar. Ooh. I usually go with the Sprites, but today I'm going to change it up. 
I'm going to go with 7-Up because I have a discerning palate and it was the one on sale at the Kroger. So, ah, tastes like discounts. Uh, Steven, uh, the rare 7-Up plug here, I, I did not think he would be drinking. I, I mean, I, I was fully expecting caffeine. Speaking of fully expecting caffeine, Leah, my lovely wife, how are you doing and what are you drinking? First off, I didn't even know 7-Up. Seven up says that was called seven up that it even still existed. Like, I don't think I've had seven up since I was like four years old. It's crazy. Um, I am drinking a sparkling ice drink. The flavor is cherry limeade. <laughs> it made no sound, but you can hear me unscrew the top. Um, just use your imagination, guys. If you're going to try and get the popping sound, you can't open the drink and drink half of it Well, first. everyone else is doing it, so I want to try and do it, too. Whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm having the drink. Um, it has zero sugar, zero, you know, caffeine, anything like that. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. So whatever that's going to do for me, hopefully it helps tonight. Well, when I finish my beer, I'm moving on to finish my ice drink as well. I've got some of the black raspberry, and it's delicious. Yeah, that kind's good, too. Well, we are here in the third portion, the third uh, quadrant of the round of 64. And, Leah, what what year range is this? I don't know. I think it's like 1980 to 1995. Yeah, something like that. We're in the mid eighties to the, the no, 80s to the we're mid later 90s. than that, right? The eighties to the nineties. It says nineties to two thousand five is what it says on okay. the bracket. Okay. So nineteen ninety to two thousand and five. All right. I'm so glad we're so well organized. I didn't have, not professional. I didn't have any of that written down in front of me. You're supposed to give me the information if you're going to ask I me know, about it. <laughs> I know. So we are here in the nineties to two thousand and five region of the bracket, and we're going to kick it off with the one seed. Nikki, you're getting us started. Again, there is a right answer here. Are you going with the one seed of Wicked or the 16th seed, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee? <laughs> yeah, this is a sad matchup because I actually really like 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. I think it's fun. It's a good little show. It, it entertains me. Um, I like all the little characters in it. It's always really fun to see, but I, I just... I think Wicked has to win here. Um, it's a spectacle. It has some really good music. So I'm going to give Wicked my vote, but shout out to the to the Spelly Bee. I do like that one. Uh, Wicked gets his first vote. Next vote goes to Steven. Did Steven, Steven get bit by the mute bug on the first pick of the of the, the bracket? Really? Buzz. He, he got bit by the going to sleep because I forgot to turn the timer off thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm up and running, though. You know, it's, if, if we've proven anything so far, is that this is a smooth running top that needs no extra help at all. So let's let's get that out of the way. Um, no, this is an easy pick. Wicked all the way. Wicked is a fantastic musical. Everybody loves Wicked. You can take someone who says they hate musicals to Wicked, and they'll come away having a good time. We all love The Wizard of Oz. It's a smart take on it. And the music is just fucking catchy. It's Wicked all the way. As I keep my opinions on Wicked to myself, let's go over to my lovely wife, Leah. <laughs> Well, no one is going to mourn the loss of the spelling bee from this list. Um, I know that there's a lot of hate for Wicked being a one seed. I think a lot of people were kind of complaining that it was too highly seeded. Um, but it really is one of those iconic shows that non-Broadway people know about. Um, the lighting and the stage design is dynamic and memorable. And the songs 
are just really, really good. There's very few duds in the entire show. If I did have a critique, though, it would be about the political side plot that I always forget about every time I see it. And every time it comes on stage, I'm just like, this again, can we just get back to the fun songs and dance and the cool storyline about how things aren't always as they appear? Um, But yeah, it doesn't matter because even with its flaws, I'm still going to give Wicked my vote. I like my hair. Really, it is pleasant to the touch. I toss my hair. A bit too much. It doesn't move. It only sits. I make a part. I'm not that smart. Yo, you guys went with Wicked? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Not where I would have gone, but I can respect that. Wicked picks up its third vote. It is sweeping its way into the round of 32. We say goodbye to the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, a musical that I genuinely think is just, it's charming. It's fun. It's funny. It's everything I want in a musical. But we're going to move right along here. Steven, you're up next. You're going to have your 8-9 matchup, your 8-seed Avenue Q, your 9-seed Spamalot in the toughest matchup in this portion of the bracket, according to your host. Steven, take us away. Yeah, I've got some major disagreements with the host, I'm learning, because this is a fairly easy one for me. Spamalot, it's good, I enjoy the songs, but it's something that doesn't need to exist. If I want to see that kind of humor and those jokes, I'm going to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That was perfect as it was. It didn't need to be turned into a musical, even if the musical's good. Avenue Q is something that we absolutely need. Every generation, we get a musical that's sort of that generation's, like, getting ready. Whether, like, it was hair or it's... Avenue Q was the 90s coming out, getting you ready for your life musical and it's perfect because we all got ready for school in sesame street we all got ready to leave school watching avenue q it talks to us in such a deep profound way even though it's just a bunch of puppets having freaky sex and you gotta love it for that you gotta love it for the songs which are amazing and it just works in a way that it shouldn't which is always the most impressive thing avenue q is something we desperately need spam a lot something that we don't need at all avenue q gets my vote Avenue Q picks up its first vote. Leah, lock in yours. Well, it sucks to be spam a lot here because there is just not a way in any shape or form that spam a lot is going to get my vote over Avenue Q. Um, Avenue Q should be a lot higher on this list than an eight seed. Um, it's so great. I sing the songs all the time. Um, and like Steven was saying, like it's an it's an important show, especially if you've gone through that part of your life. And I was first introduced to Avenue Q by my husband. We met when I was in my early to mid-20s. So I was in the stage of my life where I was trying to figure things out, um, just like the characters in Avenue Q was. So I think that that's why it spoke to me so much. Um, and I did grow up on Sesame Street, so I actually related a lot to the puppet element. Um, it's kind of weird and interesting, but still somehow relatable. So I'm going with Avenue Q. Avenue Q picks up a second vote. Nikki, do we have another sweep? Yeah, I mean, usually there's a fine, fine line between an eight and a nine, but not really in this one. No, no, Avenue Q is by far the better one. So Avenue Q. The fine, fine line between love and a waste of time as well. Nikki, I pull, I appreciate the uh, the reference there. Unfortunately, bravely bold Sir Robin will be not riding, will not be riding forth from Camelot. He was not afraid to die, oh, brave Sir Robin, but he has been eliminated. Spam a lot is not moving on. Avenue Q moves on to the round of 32, and we're moving on. Uh, Leah is getting us kicked off here. Leah, your five seed is Hairspray. Your 12 seed is Thoroughly Modern Millie. 
Okay, well, you just can't stop the beat that hairspray. Hairspray? Yeah, hairspray. Sorry, I messed all that up. I'm sorry. I'm very tired right now. You can't stop the beat that hairspray brings to the stage. That's what I have written down on my paper. Um, now, I like the really modern Millie. My students actually put on a production of it five or six years ago. Um, and I went into it not knowing anything about it. And it was fun. Um, it wasn't life changing. Um, but when I first heard you Can't Stop the Beat from Hairspray. That song freaking changed my life. Just the beat and the lyrics and the song, everything about it just puts me in a fantastic, energetic mood when I hear it. Um, I even put it on my Get Psyched playlist when playlists were actually a thing. Um, I don't think Hairspray as a show is one that I could watch over and over again, but I could listen to You Can't Stop the Beat on repeat forever and ever and ever and ever. So uh, my vote's going to be for Hairspray. Hairspray picks up its first vote. Next pick here goes over to Nikki. Yeah, I mean, both of these were originally movies that were turned into musicals, and then then Hairspray had a movie musical. Um, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm in agreement with Leah. I really like Thoroughly Modern Millie, but I'm just... It's not super memorable for me. Like, I kind of prefer just the old movie with Mary Tyler Moore than I really care that much about the big stage production. Um, so I would go with Hairspray on this one. Hairspray is not a favorite of mine, but I would go with Hairspray versus Thoroughly Modern Millie. Hairspray picks up an apathetic second vote. Steven, do we have another sweep? Yeah, everybody here is making the right choice, although I don't understand the sort of empathy I'm hearing for Hairspray. I mean, it, listen to that soundtrack, man. It's every single one of those songs fucking slaps. And whether it is You Can't Stop the Beat or, you know, The Blacker, The Berry, The Sweet, or The Jews, even its slower songs are great. Even its funny songs are generally comedic. If you're, you know, the movie version of Listen to Christopher Walken saying Timeless to me, of course, is great, but that's great no matter who's performing it, because it's a genuinely heartwarming song. It's, it's got silly lyrics that you can get to. I, I, Hairspray is just a truly great, great soundtrack, backed by the fact that it's in a very strong genre of music. And Thoroughly Modern Millie is, it's rice cakes. You can eat it. It's technically a snack. Maybe if somebody threw some fruit on it, it would be better. Uh, hairspray gets my vote. Well, a very uh, quick bracket here so far as we have three sweeps in a row. There are no hot takes except for those that chose Wicked. We're moving right <laughs> along, though. Our next matchup is the four seat of Rent taking on the 13 seat of the Full Monty. Nikki, kick us off. Yeah, I mean, this is another one. It's hard. I like the Full Monty. I actually like the musical version of it. Preferred the movie, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't know if it necessarily needed to be a musical, but I mean, I enjoyed it when I saw it on stage. Um, I love Rent. I mean, Rent Rent is a great one. Um, and I think it's kind of iconic as far as musicals go. I, I think I have to pick Rent over The Full Monty. I, I'm assuming we'll talk more about Rent later unless I'm really wrong, but my vote's for Rent. Rent picks up its first vote. Next pick goes to Steven. kind of torn here um full monty is fine it's it's i kind of feel the same way i did about it about spam a lot the film was fine it didn't really need to be a musical and i don't think the music's good enough to really justify the transition but rent is a it's a musical i have a lot of respect for and a hell of a ton of problems with there's a lot of very good songs in there 
There's some shit songs, too. And the biggest problem is, is that the story of Rent does not add up to what it's trying to say. Like, I can't tell to this day. I've seen Rent in theater like three times. I've listened to the soundtrack much. I can't tell if any of the characters are supposed to be good at their art, right? I've heard Meanie's stupid, like, street performance. I can tell you it's terrible. But then I'm also told that all the people start mooing and it actually makes an effect. I know that Roger writes his great song that brings Meanie back to life, and it is by far the shittiest song in the play. And then Mark, Mark, he's shooting fucking home movies. How is that better art? He's literally just making home movies, and yet that's his great artistic endeavor. Are they supposed to be good artists or not? I'm going to cast my vote for Rent here, but somebody needs to help me figure it out. Maybe it's just because they're all hipsters, and hipsters are terrible assholes that should be expunged from the earth. But (laughs) I'm going to cast my vote for Rent for now. The opinions of Stephen are not the opinions of the Boozy Bracketology podcast. Wow. Okay, Leah, your turn. Well, there are 525,600 reasons why I'm going to vote for Rent here. Um, <laughs> I first saw the movie version um, with most of the OBC when I was back in college, um, and I didn't I, I didn't know anything about Rent before I saw the, the movie version, which I know is horrible, but whatever. I still fell in love with it. Um, it was all I could think about. I literally left the theater still thinking about the song, singing about the characters, um, you know, the, there are a few things that don't really hit as strongly as they could have, I think, in Rent, but I ignore all of that every time I, I see it. Even the stage production, um, which I saw you know, much later on after I had already kind of seen the movie version, um, I still love it. Um, and Roger's song is the worst. Mimi's performance is horrible. All of those things are true. Not Mimi. What's her name? Maureen. Is that Maureen? Yeah, Maureen. Yeah, like her thing is horrible. Um, Mark is not that great of a character, in my opinion. He's kind of the one I'm most bored with. Um, But for the most part, the songs are just ones that stick with you. And a lot of the, the high moments of Rent are really, really high and make me forget about the low moments that I could kind of care less about. So, yeah, my vote's going to be for Rent. Okay, you guys got to make this a little bit interesting here. That's our fourth sweep in a row. That is a boozy bracketology record, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yep. And we are moving right along. Before we get to the rest of the bracket, a quick plug here. Um, If you enjoy what we do at the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, a couple things you can do. One, if you have the financial means to do so, patreon.com slash ptebb is your exclusive home for all of our bonus content. Not just for the uh, Boozy Bracketology podcast, but for our sister podcast, the Pub Trivia Experience. Bonus brackets, bonus trivia on there throughout the month. Um, if you're into these kind of shows, we also have our old our old podcast, Recast That, where we take people who love movies and TV shows and make them recast some of their favorites with modern actors. All that's on the Patreon feed. Um also, do me a favor, find us on The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology right there on Facebook. We're all on there, except for Steven, who doesn't really get on Facebook. Um, Steven, I don't even, do you have a Facebook? I do not even have a Facebook. I, I unplugged it like a year ago, and you know what? The world is like 10 degrees or shades brighter. It's, it's, it's a wonderful breath of fresh air. We don't need this world to get any hotter. Get back on Facebook so the world cools down a little bit. That'd be great. But then there'd be more pictures of me on the internet, and the world would be hotter, Chris. 
Okay. <laughs> I just I have nothing to say to that. We're going to move right along here. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Steven, you're kicking us off. Our next pick is going to be the sixth seed of Miss Saigon against the 11th seed of Assassins. This one is actually a tough one to me uh, because there's one that I love more and listen to more often and would rather go see. But there's one that I respect more and I think is a more complete, uh, more ambitious production that actually pulls off what it's trying to do. Um, At the end of the day, for me, though, what draws me to musicals is the music. I enjoy it as a genre because I find that the artificiality of the songs allows you to put in more direct um, exposition for one, but also deeper character inflections. So I'm going to go with the one that I think has the better songs that I like to listen to more, which is Assassins. Uh, While Miss Saigon is the deeper, like, bigger melodramatic story um i just love assassins i love the weird concept of like it's this pseudo like out of time carnival where all these presidential assassins are kind of bumping into each other and we're getting these little vignettes on the times they tried to kill people and we're trying to make some overarching story but there's really not because they're all lone crazy people that want to be famous but they're yeah, and they are. They get their fame if it's worth it. It's Assassins is just so weird, and I think that's why I love it so, because it's so weird that even I have problems putting it in to a coherent thought. So I'm going to cast my vote for Assassins. Assassins pick up it, picks up its first vote. That is the first vote an underdog has received all night long. Leah, you're up. Why did you do it, Johnny? Why did you have to go up against Miss Saigon? Now I have to break my mom's heart, and I'm going to have to vote against Miss Saigon for this one. Um, Assassins is just so much more of an interesting story for me, and I love shows that will like help me think about other people's perspectives that may be different than the ones I grew up with. Um, I don't think it's supposed to make us see these assassins as heroes or anything, um, but it does help us see kind of their perspective of what kind of was maybe part of the driving forces behind their decisions to try and kill people, um, specific people, um, whether it's you know, their political ideals or trying to think that what they're doing is for the greater good or something like that. I just find that more interesting than Miss Saigon, which I do think is a great show, um, but it doesn't leave the impact on me that Assassins does. So it's going to get my vote. Assassin does a second vote. Nikki, do we have another sweep? Uh, actually, my vote would have gone to Miss Saigon. I mean, but it would it was a hard decision either way. I really like both of them, um, so I'm fine with Assassins winning. My vote would have gone to Miss Saigon simply because I just feel like it's such a spectacle. I mean, I don't know. I I I just I like all the songs, and it's just very sweeping. And um, but I do love Assassins, so happy it's moving forward. Now Assassins is moving on. That is an 11-6 upset, and we are moving on. Our three versus 14 matchup, the three seed of the Lion King, the 14 seed of Aida, and we are starting with Leah. I just can't wait for Aida to go home. Um, Okay, so the Lion King story isn't that different than the one we know from Walt Disney Studios. Um, But the element that elevates the show is the fantastical staging and costumes. Um, I've only seen it once, but I went to a matinee show at the Performing Arts Center in town. 
And it was during summertime. And the reason why I remember this is because we were literally surrounded by rows and rows and rows of kids with matching t-shirts because they all came from summer camps. Um, And I remember just seeing the look on these kids' faces light up when the people in the animal costumes came out into the audience. And you would have thought that they were real animals coming into the audience. Um, And the fact that these kids were leaving the theater was such a positive experience about theater i just like invokes that kind of excitement in anyone um it's just really fantastic so my vote's gonna be for the lion king lion king picks up its first vote nikki you're up i mean this is the elton john matchup here i mean they're both both really good music i mean aida is a favorite of mine i don't understand why it doesn't get a lot of love it Never, I never see it touring. I saw it on Broadway. I thought it was fantastic. I love the soundtrack. I love the story. Um, the Lion King also, it's such a spectacle. It's beautiful. All those wonderful costumes. Um, you know, great soundtrack. I like the, the couple added ones that they did uh, for the musical. Um, but for me, I'm going with Aida. I, I just prefer it more. It is something I would like to watch more. Um, I wish more people would see it because it's actually amazing. I actually think the the music itself, it's very reminiscent of a classic Elton John. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm voting for Aida. We've got a one-to-one tie. Aida, Elton John, Stephen, cast the deciding vote. So uh, I know that very few Disney executives listen to this podcast, but if there's one or two out there, let me give you a very simple piece of advice that I think was going to help save your studio a lot of money and give you a good direction going forward uh, when choosing your future projects. Stop remaking The Lion King. It was perfect. You don't need to change anything. It is a perfect medium for animated film musical. That's what it is. It excels. Any changes to that is an inferior product. The Lion King is good as a stage production, but it's only good in that it reminds me of the superior cartoon film, which is perfect. Aida is a great musical with original music. It's made for the stage, so it doesn't have all the adaptation issues that The Lion King does. It's... I fucking love Aida. I don't, I, I'm, I'm with Nikki here. I don't know why it doesn't get respect. It should be up there when we're talking about great musicals because the music slaps. It's got a great story, a great plot. It, it's, it's, it's wonderful to listen to. Aida, all the way. Well, Aida becomes the second musical on this bracket to have music that slaps. No musicals, though, where the music bops. I'm still waiting on one of those to show up. But Aida is our next upset of the bracket, another two-to-one heartbreaker. It is moving on to the round of 32, and we have got just two picks left in this episode. Next up is your 7-10 matchup, the 7th seed, the iconic Mamma Mia, taking on the 10th seed, the color purple. This one we're starting off with Nikki. Yeah, this is just kind of another one. Sometimes I wish they would just leave good movies alone. I mean, I thought the stage production of The Color Purple was beautiful. I mean, don't get me wrong, but uh, I mean, I just feel like it was a better movie. Um, It worked better as a movie. Mamma Mia, I think is fun. I like all the ABBA music. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would never see the movie version of it again, but on stage, it's so much fun. I love ABBA. I love the colors. The musical had a a decent little storyline thrown in. So I'm voting for Mamma Mia for this one. Mamma Mia's got a vote. 
Stephen, your turn. Twice in one episode, he gets bit by the mute bug. He's going to have mute fever now. Watch. Fuck you. Like, you should fuck Mamma Mia, because it sucks. Whether it's the movie version or the stage version, it's a shitty jukebox musical where we're trying to cram songs into a nonsensical plot. And even then, we're stopping the nonsensical plot all the time to have a song that does not do anything for the story. It is bad. It is bad. You want to have... You you can just listen to an ABBA album. They exist. You could just type into your iPhone. It's right there in front of you. ABBA, sweet-ass music. Don't have to watch a shitty musical to listen to. You can type all that in and get a much better experience. The color purple is meh, but Mamma Mia is just fucking terrible. It is, oh my god. I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm running to the bathroom. Alright, we'll see if Stevie can make it back for the next pick, but uh, that is a one-to-one split between the color purple and Mamma Mia. Leah, Lock in your tie-breaking vote. Mamma mia, here I go again. Mama, how can I vote against you? All right, so I'm sorry to the color of purple for being up against a show that I actually love. Um, I have a lot of fond memories and a lot of love for it. Um, I know the music isn't original and the story isn't innovative at all, uh, but it's a great gateway show to, to musicals to take anyone you know to see it they're going to leave feeling happy and wanting to sing and dance in the streets. So my vote's going to be for Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia is moving on to the round of 32. And we are down to our last pick of the evening. And one that might be closer than uh, than the seeding dictates. Your number two seed, the producers. Your 15 seed, Sunset Boulevard. And we're starting with Steven. If you noticed a pattern in the 1990s to the 2005 period of them remaking films that absolutely don't need to be fucking remade as a musical, I don't know why we ran out of ideas from musicals in the 90s, but Sunset Goddamn Boulevard, one of the great noir films of all time, Norma Desmond, one of the most iconic, you know, in her days, people had goddamn faces. Why would you remake Sunset Boulevard? Let's go ahead and remake Castle fucking Blanca and Citizen Kane as musicals while we're at it. If it's perfect, don't mess with it. That being said, it really doesn't matter here. The Producers is an incredibly good remake of a movie that absolutely needed to be remade. I know, everything I just said was a complete fucking lie, because The Producers is a remake of a movie, but it fucking works. It's incredible. It was somehow better than the original movie. Now, maybe that's because the original movie is older and it doesn't quite hold up, but the producers, the musical holds up great. It is fantabulous. It slaps and fucking bops. There it is. Lock it. The producers. I had no idea where he was going with that. I was on a roller coaster of emotions. Steven has locked in his vote for the producers. We're going over to Leah. I want to see the producers, so I'm going to vote for them. Um, It's not actually a show I think of with a lot of fondness. Um, There are a couple parts that I always think about all the time, though. Uh, One being springtime for Hitler and Germany. Um, But I can't deny how influential that show is and how it literally won every category it was nominated for at the Tonys that year. Uh, So I'm going to vote for the producers. Well, Leah is in Rio getting laid. We're going over for the last pick to Nikki. Yeah, I mean, I'm in complete agreement. Um, Sunset Boulevard was a beautiful movie. 
wonderful movie. The musical, I could really care less about. I don't know why they touched that movie. Uh, I'm in agreement about that. But the producers, yeah, I prefer the musical over the movie. So that's a nice twist. Um, I love the producers. It's fun. It makes me laugh every time. Um, great characters. Um, the music is fun and catchy. It's a great show. Producers. It is somewhat fitting that we would end this bracket or this portion of the bracket with a sweep. The producers is moving on to the round of 32. And I know it's been a short episode, but let's go ahead and let's recap all the decisions that we made. Good, bad, and indifferent. As we move into the round of 32, you're going to have the one seed Wicked taking on the eight seed of Avenue Q. That one's going to be an easy decision. I look forward to hearing what you guys do there. Next up, the five seed Hairspray is going to go up against the four seed of Rent. Then we go to our battle of the upsets, the 11 seed Assassins up against the 14 seed of Aida. And then finally, we're going to kick it back to uh, the the non-upsets. The seven seed Mamma Mia, the two seed The Producers. We will have those in episode number five, but before we get there, we have the current musicals coming up next. The most recent stuff, I wonder where Hamilton's going to be ranked. We'll find out next week. For the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, I have been Chris. Nikki. I've been Steven. Leah. And we will see you next week. Have a good one.